First they said, I'll say yes. But how many of you know you can say yes without agreeing? So they said, I agree. That means within me, my mind, my heart, my soul conforms to your plan, your will. And then they went a little bit further and said, desire, not just agree, but I desire. And then they went a little bit further than that. They said, not only do I desire, but my desire is passionate. I'm consumed with a longing to do your will. When you get to that point, when you get to that level, you're destined for victory and you're destined for blessing because the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Would you say that to your neighbor? The safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. I want to paint, if we can, a portrait of a good father today, the portrait of a good father. Let me read quickly while you stand just three scriptures. Genesis 5.21. Genesis 5.21 where the Bible says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he got Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. In Hebrews 11 and 5, the Bible says, And by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. And then finally Jude 1.14 where the Bible says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all and to convict all who are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against God. You may be seated, please. Were we to mentally conglomerate an image of Enoch, we would probably conceive of an odd, strange, hermit-like Creature. On first thought, Enoch seems to be weird. He seems to be eccentric. That one would walk with God so perfectly that he would be translated and not see death would give the impression that he didn't do anything but walk with God. And that's all that he would have nothing to do with the things of the earth, with the life that the rest of us normally live. But as we study these scriptures that I've read to you for today, I think we will learn that Enoch was not as strange 
as we might expect that he was. Even today, there are many people who feel you've got to be a little odd to really live for God. You've got to be a little odd to aspire to have a real relationship with God. People of culture feel that attempting to walk with God would conflict with their image. I ain't going over to that Pentecostal church. People clapping their hands up and shouting and screaming and going on. That'll spoil my image. I'm a class person. A class person. People who are class conscious feel that it's no class to be sincere about God. Matter of fact, it's not politically acceptable to talk about your faith in certain circles. If you drive a class car and if you associate with class people, if you got class money and you wear class clothes, then you stay away from that. But my friend Chip Murray one day said, class dismiss. <laughs> and that's what God's going to say. <laughs> class dismiss. Within the ranks of the well-to-do, within the ranks of the educated, there are those who feel that religion cannot be really taken seriously. That religion cannot be allowed to play a role in their lives. And many people who don't have a nickel to their name still feel that they're too good for God also. That their agenda is so important that they would disregard the work and the will and the plan of God. There are many men who feel that way also. A man ought to stand on his own two feet. What else will they stand on, I wonder? <laughs> I'm busy. I don't have time for that. I went to church enough when I was a kid that if I never go again, I've gone to church enough already. I just let my wife and my children take care of that religious stuff. There's a program called Real People that came on television years ago. And I want you to know that real people walk with God. And real men can walk with God. Well, you know, we did a little survey a little while ago trying to find somebody in their 90s that was here. Nobody in this room was more than 90 years old. That means that uh, all of us are going to be taken out of here in a little while. And what we do while we're here is going to determine where we're going to spend and how we're going to spend our eternity. And wish we could live for a hundred years, but the physical interferes. But because we know the physical is going to interfere, we'd better do what we need to do to make it into eternity. Well, what does it mean to walk with God? Number one, it means to do those things that please God. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 9 says, Thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord and walk in his ways. That's the Lord's will. That's the Lord's plan. And if you would walk with God, it means 
that you will keep the commandments of the Lord and that you will walk in his ways. How can two walk together except they be agreed? And, and God is not going to leave his pathway, his purpose, his plan to walk in your ways. If any bending and compromising is to be done, it's going to have to be us. Walk in the way of the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And so to walk with God is to walk in the Lord's ways. To walk with the Lord, number two, is to do right. Psalm 15 and 1 says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? The Lord answers back, he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. This is the one who will abide in the tabernacle and in the holy hill. Well, what does it mean to walk with God? Number three, it means to worship and to serve God. To worship him and to serve him. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 2, chapter 23, I beg your pardon, and verse 3, then the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul and to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant to make up your mind, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to be your child, your servant. That's what it means to walk with God. Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but who walk after the Spirit. And so to walk with God is to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, reach out for and seek to gain and attain the spirit's involvement and presence in your life and that focus on the things of the spirit, on the things of God will keep you from being distracted by the things of the world and when you walk in the spirit and receive the power and the anointing and the might of the spirit the spirit will strengthen you and enable you so that the things of the flesh and of the world will not pull you away from your walk in the righteousness of God so let's study brother Enoch for a few moments and understand what kind of man would choose to walk with God what kind of man, what kind of man uh, is it that walks with God? Now, you know, some people feel that only certain kind of men walk with God. Only certain kind of men are involved in the life of the church. But number one, a man of responsibility will walk with God. Enoch was a man of responsibility. He had a family. He had sons. And he had daughters. And listen, a family is an awesome responsibility. 
Some men forsake that role and walk away from it. But listen, don't forsake it. Don't walk away from it. Just do what will give you the strength to perform your role as a responsible person overseeing and caring for a family. Read in the word of God in the book of Ezra where Ezra and the people of the Lord had finally convinced the Persians by the power of God to release them from Persia and Babylon and allow them to go back home. And as Ezra prepared to go back home, he thought to say to the king, uh, don't you think you need to send us some security and an army to kind of protect us on the way back home? We're going to be taking a whole lot of stuff and, 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 and we, we, we need some protection. But Ezra thought about it for a while and he said, listen, I've been telling the king how great our God was and how our God would judge him if he did not release us. And, and I don't want the king to say back to me, listen, what you need protection from me for, I'm letting you go. Why don't that God take care of you? And why don't you let that God? Ezra had heavy responsibility. Let me read how he, he describes it in Ezra chapter 8 and verse 21. Ezra says in Ezra chapter 8 verse 21, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our possessions. I went to the Lord to seek from him a right way for us, for our little ones, and for all our possessions. How many of you know we need to go to God to seek for a right way for us and for our little ones? And for all the stuff the Lord has blessed us uh, to have. And then he said in verse 22, For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated or besought our God for this and God answered our prayer. Listen, man of responsibility, when you go to God to seek of him a right way for yourself, for your children and for your possessions, God will answer your prayer. Does anybody here know that God will answer your prayer? Clap your hands and give God praise. So a man of responsibility will walk with God. He will want the involvement of God in his life to help him and to assist him. Number two, a man who recognizes his need for God will walk with God. Jesus said in John 15 and 5, without me, you can do nothing. Song says nothing from nothing leaves nothing. I don't care what you do with nothing, you're going to end up with nothing. And Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. He might allow us to go as if it is us, as if it is our power, as if it is our might, as if it is our intelligence. He might allow us to go along, but he's standing in the background, behind the scenes, taking care of us every day. Every breath is from God. Every beat of our heart is from God. Every step we take is from God. Every thought that comes to our mind, it is God. It is in God that we live, in God that we move, in God that we have our being. 
But so many of us don't recognize it. <laughs> we feel like we're doing it on our own. There was an old John Wayne movie where John Wayne was in love with the girl and a young greenhorn came to town and the girl fell in love with the young greenhorn instead of John Wayne. And then the, the chief um, uh, uh, enemy, the chief the chief villain of the story came to town and challenged the young greenhorn to a duel and the young greenhorn got out in the middle of the street and with his guns wrapped on his side and he pulled his gun and the, the villain pulled his gun and they both fired and the villain fell flat in the street and the greenhorn was strutting around town waiting on the next villain to come along and John Wayne said, wait a minute, come over here, let me tell you a little something. That was not you that shot that guy the other day. I was standing in the shallows and when you all pull your guns, I pulled my gun and I fired because I know the woman I love is in love with you and I didn't want her heart broken and so the next time you decide you're going to fight a villain in the street, you better make sure I'm standing in the shadows ready to pull my gun and fire and God says, listen, next time you go jumping out somewhere thinking you're so bad and so much, you better make sure, check with me and make sure I'm there that I'm available that I'm willing to help you and to bring you through hallelujah a man who recognizes his need for God will walk with God but then number three a man of reality will walk with God look at your neighbor and ask him are you for real too many things are beyond our control. We checked the inventory for a man over 90. We couldn't find one on this morning. What safety is there for the rest of us if we don't walk with God? They've had 9-11 and tragedies and terrorists and earthquakes and tidal waves and we've had all of those things and people who thought that everything was good, everything was alright, that they were going to make it. People with wealth and with money, people who are renowned cannot block cancer, cannot block sickness, cannot block disease from intruding into their lives. Listen people, you better get real. Without God, we can do nothing. We need God on our side and if you know how it really is and what it's like you won't try to live on this earth without God in your life a man of reality will walk with God a man whose priorities are right will choose to walk with God so many people allow life's demands to keep them from committing to and walking with God I would walk with God but my job is demanding. I would walk with God, but I got so many responsibilities at home. Y'all go on to church. Let me take care of this pipe. Let me take care of this yard. Let me do this. Let me do that. Uh, you know, God gave you the job. God gave you the house. And now you're going to take what God gave you and put it between you and God and let that stop you from doing the will of God. God made you everything you are. He gave you everything you've got. He taught you everything you know. And listen, he ought to be number one. At first in your life, everything else will be all right if you make God number one. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added 
unto you. So a man whose priorities are right will walk with God. If we can't live without him, if we can't move without him, if we can't succeed without him, if nothing can be right without him, then why would we try to live with him in any place in our lives except in first place in our lives? Well, number five, a man who knows that judgment day is coming will walk with God. Jude 14 says that the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all and to convict all who are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds. Judgment day is coming. Now, you know, people talk, I don't believe in hell, I don't believe in heaven, I don't believe in this, I don't believe in that. But if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't believe in Jesus. Because Jesus believed in it. And if Jesus, the Son of God, who came and died to keep us from going to hell, believed in hell, believed in heaven, and believed that he could change our destinies so that we could go there. If he could walk on water, raise the dead, heal the sick, feed 5,000, and he could. If he could do all that, if he came from heaven himself, then if anybody would know, he would know. And so if he believed in it, I believe in it. Amen? Hallelujah. A man who knows that judgment day, the Bible says we will, we will stand before God and give an account for all of the things that we have done in the flesh. That unless we accept Jesus as our substitute, we face judgment and eternal torment. And if Jesus believed in it so strongly that he died to keep me from going there, and not only did he die, he got up again. Anybody who can die graveyard dead and get up three days later on alive forevermore and ascend back to the Father in heaven, whatever he says, I believe it. Well, how y'all like this so far? Clap your hands and say praise the Lord. What kind of man would choose to walk with God? We just answer that. Now, what kind of man would God choose to walk with? He doesn't want to walk with anybody now. Uh-huh. Just any old kind of person can't come up there talking about walk with me, Lord. I say, oh, no, I ain't walking with you. You ruined my reputation. You go in places I don't want to go. You behave it in ways I do not approve. I'm not going to walk with you. God, God will choose to walk, number one, with a loving man. Everybody say that, a loving man. God couldn't stand to be in the presence of a person who hated what God loved. I know you're macho. I know you're bad. I know you got to put it on, you know. When, when a man goes in the bathroom, he puts it on. Don't even speak, you know. Don't want nobody to get the wrong idea, you know. And some men go through life like a man in the bathroom. (laughs) 
restroom, excuse me. <laughs> Trying to impress people by how tough we are, how, how bad we are, how, you know, ready to fight, ready to go against. Listen, but God is not impressed. God is tougher than you are. God saw you cry. God saw you hurt. God saw your pain. God knows all about you. You can't impress God with your macho, but you can impress God with your love because when God sees you loving what he loves, he loves you all the more. <laughs> Real men can afford to be loving. Tough men can afford to be kind. Tough men can afford to be friendly. Your masculinity is not reduced by the fact that you're kind, by the fact that you're encouraging, by the fact that you're lifting, by the fact even that you're vulnerable. Oh, I wish I had time to preach this. I wish I could preach this. I wish I could really preach it. John, 1 John 4 and 8 says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love and how can you love your brother whom you have seen how can you love God whom you've not seen and hate your brother whom you see every day one of the things that hurts us so badly as a race as a people we don't really understand our obligation to love one another to care for one another Anything goes wrong. We're pulling out a knife, pulling out a gun, pulling out a baseball bat, kicking somebody, fighting somebody. Even some have the nerve to kick and fight the female sex. Amen. And it's because we hate ourselves, because we are insecure, because we are, are trying to put up some kind of front, some kind of facade. We're afraid of being hurt, afraid of being wounded. But when you let God really make you and strengthen you, you can afford to stick out your hand and show love and show concern and show compassion. Enoch had to be a man of love. Love reaches out. Love is positive. Love is lifting. And our present situation, our present world needs love desperately. Enoch prophesied to others and warned them, and he was a man of love. But let me say also that God will choose to walk with a human man. I said he'll choose to walk with a human man. You don't have to become some kind of superhuman some kind of superman for God to walk with you. Enoch was human. He had sons. He had daughters. He had trials. He had temptations. He was married. You know he had trials. You know he had trials. Enoch was a man. Yeah, the pretty girls winked their eyes at him. Amen. He was human. But even more than that, Jesus was human. Hallelujah. He was a man. He was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. 
Therefore, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in the time of need because Jesus understands. Enoch was a man. He went through everything that men go through. He dealt with everything that men deal with, but still he decided, listen, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to put my hand in the hand of God. I'm going to do his will. I'm going to walk in his way. Listen, the more Humanity, you are subjected to the more important it is that you put your hand in God's hand. He knows all about you. Jesus has been tempted with everything you've ever been tempted with and he'll give you mercy and he'll give you help. Human man. Enoch also was a man God chose because God chose to walk with a man. He was a man. I said he was a man. He had sons. He had daughters. He was a man. Jesus was a man. And listen, if you're a man, you don't have to leave the church for your masculinity to be enhanced. Jesus will enhance your masculinity. He'll show you how to be a man. He'll help you to be a man. He will strengthen you to be a real man. He stood before the cross, bold and courageous. He allowed nails to be driven into his hands, nails to be driven into his feet, a spear to be thrust in his side, a crown of thorns to be crushed upon his skull. He endured it like a man. He took it like a man. And if you really want to be a man, look at Jesus and put your hand in the hands of Jesus. God will walk with a man. <laughs> oh, bless the name of the Lord. And then also God will walk with a man of faith. Look at two people and tell them faith. I'm almost through. Almost through. Hebrews 11 and 5. The Bible says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. I wish I had time to really get off into this. God walks with a man of faith. Enoch walking with God. Praying to God. Praising God. Glorifying God. All of his responsibilities. All of his challenges. All of his difficulties. He was driven to seek the presence, the power of the Lord. He loved to talk with God. Loved to walk with God. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I bless you. You've been so good to me. You're so great. You're so wonderful. You're so mighty. I extol you. I magnify you. I, I praise you for all of your qualities and attributes and characteristics. You're the God of the earth. You're the creator God. He just enjoyed talking to God and, and he talked to God by faith. When things were adverse, there was trouble. He just kept on worshiping God, kept on praising God. He, he got to enjoying God so much. God said, listen, I'm enjoying the conversation too much. I'm enjoying the conversation so much. I'm going to bring you on up here so we can just talk throughout all eternity. God will walk with a man who sets aside time for God. How much time are you setting aside for God? How much time are you giving to your worship and to your praise and to your obedience of God? 
And let me give you just one more quick point before I go to the next point. Point uh, number five, God will walk with a man who does his best to provide for his family. If a man will not provide for his own, the Bible says he's worse than an infidel. Well, let me just close quickly. I'll just give you the five next points and then I'll stop. Let's close with a brief discussion of the blessedness of walking with God. Why is it a blessing to walk? with God. Number one, it's a blessing to walk with God because God is the best companion. How many of you know he's the best companion? It's just sweet to walk with God. Number two, it's good to walk with God because God is the best protection. Oh, if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on with your best ammunition, with your best weapon, God is able to put it all down and still give me the victory. Number two, God is the best protection except the Lord watch the house. They, the watchman labors but in vain except the Lord build the house. The, the, the laborer labors but in vain. If God does it, it shall be done. God is the best protection. Number three, it's good to walk with God because God guarantees success. If God shows up, Success guaranteed. If God does not show up, I don't care what you do. It's not going to happen. Hallelujah. All things, all things, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God guarantees success. Number four, it's good to walk with God because God really loves you. I said he really loves you. He really loves you. All the people around you don't love you. The folk grinning in your face don't love you. Trying to find your secrets. Trying to get your money. Trying to mess up your life. Trying to take your wife. They don't love you. But God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that if you'll believe in him, you won't perish, but you'll have everlasting life. You need to walk with God because God's love is stronger than death. God does not care anything about death. Death is a servant of the Lord. Death is, is just, just a, a temporary thing. God does not allow death to have power over us. Jesus said, I've got the keys to death and to hell and the grave. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. God transcends death. God is before death. God is after death. And you are before death and you are after death. After you die, when you, when you die, you just go through the doorway of death and into your eternal destiny. And a man who understands that God's love is stronger than death will walk with God. Hallelujah. Enoch had an old age, so walked with God that God said, come on up a little higher. Don't want you to go through cancer, tuberculosis, sickness, pneumonia, disease, accidents, tragedy. Just come on up. I'll give you an early glimpse of what all the saints of God are going to enjoy. He was translated so that he would not even see death upon the face of the earth. And if you walk with God, you can be translated too. The Bible says the trump of God is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise first and we that are alive and remain are going to be changed in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. 
And so we will ever be in the presence of the Lord. Everybody stand up and clap your hands and give God praise. I said give God praise. Clap your hands and praise him. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Praise him. 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 I want to pray for somebody today. I want to pray especially for some man who does not know the Lord as Savior. I want to pray for some man whose sins are not forgiven. I want to pray for some man, a woman, a boy, or girl who does not know Jesus, who has thought that God was not relevant or essential to your life, to your success, to your future. But I pray that the Holy Ghost will <clears throat> take the words that I've spoken and that they will penetrate the heart and mind of somebody. This may be the last gospel message that some man will ever hear. This may be the last opportunity you'll ever have to get this straight and to get it right. God loves you so much that he gave his son to die for your sins. Jesus loved you so much that he shed his blood on your behalf. The man Jesus is able to usher you into your maximum masculinity. To your highest and best as a man. To make you more than you ever thought you could become. To be in your life all you need. To walk into your future. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. I'll pray for you right where you stand. Right where you are. God can do his wonderful and mighty work. In your life. Your soul can be saved. Your sins forgiven. And you can have the mighty God. Walking beside you for the rest of your life. In the midst of every situation you face. He'll be there to help you. To sustain you and to strengthen you. I'll pray for you right where you stand. If you'll raise your hand and say, Preacher, I need God. I need to be saved. I need my life changed. I need my sins forgiven. I want to be sure that things are right and well between me and my God. Dear Lord, I pray, even as I minister to these men and to these women and to these boys, these girls, that you by your power will touch them, dear Lord. Don't let one of them that is not saved be lost. Don't let them go into their lives and into their future without your power and your hand upon them. In Jesus' name, bless them and draw them. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, touch them now. Thank you, Lord. I'm ready to pray for you. Lift that hand, please, if that's you, preacher. I want to be saved. I want to recommit my life to the Lord. I want to ask God for his help. I want to seek the Lord's presence, the Lord's blessing on my life. 
I want to be sure that things are right and well between me and him. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Lift that hand, my brother. Lift that hand, my sister. If you hear the voice of the Lord speaking to you today, if you would say, yes, yes, I agree. I agree. I desire. I want to please you. I want to do your will. Don't be ashamed. Lift it up high. Hold it high, please. This is your time, your day. Speaking also to the ladies, to the women, to the children, anybody here who knows you need God and knows you need to walk with God, lift that hand up quick. Lift it quickly, please, in the name of Jesus. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. There are 10 more folk. The Spirit of the Lord is talking to you. Lift up your hand now. This is your time, your day. Dear Lord, I pray for those whose hands are lifted. I thank you, dear Lord, that you brought them to your house today, that we've proclaimed your word, that they've heard the word, that your spirit has dealt with their hearts, and you have chosen them for victory and salvation this day. Come into their lives, straighten out their lives, be God of their lives, transform them today in the name of Jesus, and forgive their sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want everybody to say this prayer after me now. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I've been. I want to be saved. Dear Lord, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sin. I believe that he arose from the dead. I thank you, Lord, that I am forgiven. I thank you, Lord, that I am saved. I thank you, Lord, that I have new life. Come on and praise the Lord. 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 Those who lifted their hands a moment ago, would you please lift your hands again? I want to speak a word to you. If you lifted your hand a moment ago, lift your hand again, please. Lift it again, lift it again, and hold it high. Lift that hand again, lift it again, lift it again. I want to be the first to congratulate you on having all your sins forgiven. I want to congratulate you on having Jesus Christ to come into your life. He guarantees that when you pray like you've prayed, believe like you've believed, he comes into your life, and he comes in to stay as long as you want him. He will be there in your life. If you lifted your hand, I want to know your name. I want to write you this week. I want your name on my prayer list. I want to shake your hand. I want to greet you. If you lifted your hand, I want you to come forth because we want to send you a letter this week encouraging you in your walk with the Lord. Come forth. Our personal workers need to get that information. Clap your hands, please, as they come in the balcony. In the balcony, walk over to the sidewall. Walk over to the sidewall and come down the steps. In the balcony, walk over to the nearest sidewall. If there's anybody who wants to join the church, want to be a member of this fellowship, step out and come forward. Some of you have been visiting for a long time, but man, you need to join the church. You need to be a part of the fellowship. You need to belong to something. Step out, come forward, come forward quickly.